Hey, 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 it's Pastor Mike. Okay, it's not. It's Amber. But if it's been a while since you've listened to Pastor Mike on the Time of Grace podcast, it's time to check in. Pastor Mike is relevant and real and has more energy than anyone I know. So check out Time of Grace with Pastor Mike Novotny wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Today's episode is called The Problem With More. Thanks for joining me. I asked a friend the other day, if all sin was really just us wanting more. I mean, think about it. Think about how often that we overconsume in, you know, food or alcohol or, you know, just storing up things. So the food is so good that you go back for seconds, right? You don't need seconds. You just go back for seconds and that's what causes the problem. Same with alcohol. You have that really, really tasty drink. And it should, you know, leave you feeling content, but no, you want more. And goods, you have all these clothes in your closet and somehow you still want more because you want that feeling of feeling good in the new clothes. And we can do that with, you know, any number of things, furniture, lawn decorations or deck furniture, whatever. If you've listened to my podcast for any amount of time, you might remember me saying that in 2020, I made a decision. So we were cleaning out our house. We finally took the time to go through storage areas and closets and deep clean and do all that kind of stuff. And I just thought, you know, this is insane. I have spent so much money over the years on this clothes that I don't really need. So I decided that I was not going to buy any more clothes until things actually wore out. So, you know, when I'm down to my last sweatshirt, then I guess I'll buy another sweatshirt. And I have stuck to it for two full years. I honestly have not bought anything except for my shoes wore out, my work shoes, they had holes in them. And I have bought new socks, same reason, (laughs) they get holes in them, I throw them away. But um, I've been really, really good about not buying anything new. So I have this conference that I was going to be speaking at, and I've never spoken at this conference before, and I kind of was feeling like it was a big deal. So I decided to, you know, just stop doing that whole not buying any more clothes. I decided I was going to buy a new shirt. So I bought three new shirts, and I thought, you know, whichever one works best, I'm going to keep that. I'll take the other ones back. So the in the days uh, before the conference, I start trying things on, start trying outfits on, you know, pants, shirts, skirts, trying to figure out what goes with what. And guess what? All three of the shirts went back. In the end, what really brought me joy, the things I was most comfortable in are those same old familiar faithful clothes that I have hanging in my closet. I just, I guess I don't need anything more, even though I have that longing at times, or I, I get to this point that I think, oh, but I should. Why do I feel that way? 
I have a dear friend who has a medical condition that she's struggled with for years, and she's been doing some research, and she's come across some some books and, and videos and things that have told her that fasting can really help with her condition. So if you limit your caloric intake to a certain number of hours each day, it tends to regulate you a little bit. And just listening to her, I'm like, man, that sounds tough. Like, we have more than enough food in America, right? And we don't have to eat all hours of the day. But there's something about being told all of a sudden not to eat at a certain hour of the day that makes you just want to focus on eating at that time of day. And I'm sure eventually it would get better. I don't know. But the point is that in America, maybe I'm just talking about me, but it seems like so much of our sin comes from just this quest for more and not being content with what we have. Look at people who fall into affairs. And I say fall into affairs because I think some people do go out looking um, for something more, but a lot of times it's just a temptation. You know, there's somebody that you work with or somebody in your neighborhood that you end up spending a lot of time with. And all of a sudden that little family that you have doesn't look so exciting. And Satan makes it look like, well, this could be much more exciting than what you have. It's not true. And of course, so often when we get stuck or caught in sin, you know, as soon as we fall for it or soon after there's pleasure for a time, you know, that's when Satan leaves us and starts laughing at us like, huh, you know, that was silly. And now look what you've done. And then you fall into the shame and that whole thing. But even gossip, you know, it's not enough that I know something about something, someone else, but gossip is you should know it too. The first commandment really is just coming down to when we break it, we're just saying God isn't enough. I want to be my own God. I want to make the rules. I want to decide what's best. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to worry about what God wants. You know, anything like ignoring our spouse or our children, it's so easy to just, you know, tune everybody out and just head to the TV or go to social media or just go for your walk by yourself or do whatever you want. And just, you know, because that stuff is more exciting in that moment. That stuff gives me more. We love family vacations. I'm hitting on all my things right now, but we love family vacations. It's just a time that we can get away, you know, not just from work. That's that's great too. But, you know, you can never get away from the chores at home, except for when you leave home. I, I guess we should. Maybe we should just have a vacation at home sometime and just not do dishes. But Anyway, you know, going away on vacations has been really a great thing for our family. We've just had a lot of really fun times. You take five days to a week and you, and you go away. You see marvelous things in, in nature and just so many neat things. And, and you spend time together. Nobody is leaving to do other things. Plus, you don't have to do those chores. You know, you don't have to clean constantly or mow the lawn or what have you. So for, you know, that one little bit of time, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But those years that we aren't able to travel for whatever reason, the money's not there, the time's not there. We have other obligations in our life that do not allow us to leave. There was a time I remember when someone close to us was diagnosed with cancer and it, it wasn't, you know, just a little, little bitty bit of cancer. And so we had a vacation planned and we, we had to cancel it 
because it just wasn't the right time to go. And so what my point is, is that, you know, vacations are great as long as we keep them in the proper perspective, not that, you know, we're owed this and that this is a right that we should have and how dare we not get it or being jealous if other people get to go and this isn't our year to do it or feeling like God has not provided for us if we don't have the income this year to go on a vacation. That's when we fall into sin. That's when we find ourselves really wanting more and not being okay with what we have. So in Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells about a man whose land produced a really good crop. And when he got the crop, he decided that what he was going to do is tear down his barns and build bigger ones so he could store up all his stuff, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded of you. You will get what you, you will not, who will get what you have prepared for yourself. And then Jesus concluded, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. So Paul Kretzmann in his popular commentary of the Bible explains, the man planned to save the big crop with its riches by building greater barns and granaries than he had, and then to store there all the fruit of his lands and all his other personal property. But this was not for the purpose of doing the work of his stewardship before God with greater faithfulness, but to have the enjoyment of all the riches for himself. His goods were his God. In them, he trusted to bring him happiness and the fulfillment of all his desires. But even as foolish are all people that think only of gaining riches for themselves, the goods of the world, neglecting to seek the true wealth, the spiritual heavenly gift. Whoa. Isn't that how we fall into sin? So all those things that I was talking about, whether it's food or alcohol or clothes or vacations or our family, those are all really, really good things. They're blessings from God, as long as they're kept in the proper perspective, as long as they don't become a God in and of themselves, or we don't become the God who is after only our own pleasure and our own satisfaction and all the things that the world can give us at the expense of stewarding what we have for God's kingdom and God's glory and also just keeping God in his proper place. So how can we keep a proper perspective? Well, I'm going to talk about three things. First of all, remembering that God gives us himself. I can guarantee you the mayor of my city doesn't know my name. My senators and the governor where I live, he doesn't know my name. They don't know my name. The president of the United States does not know me, does not know my name. I don't have really anybody in like major positions of power that know or care about me. Except, oh yeah the God of all the universe. And he cares about us. He wants to hear from us. He provides our needs. He looks after us. He sees our heart. He sees our sadness. And 
He is just intimately involved in our lives. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God gives us more than we could ever ask or imagine. You have no one else in your life like God, okay? (laughs) There is no one else. So we really shouldn't take that relationship for granted the way that we so often do. He, God deserves our time. He deserves our dedication, our admiration. And if you just look, I bet you can guess or you can see the ways that God has given you immeasurably more. So just tonight, I was on the couch with my son's fiance and we were going through the books We have two picture books of when we bought this house. So we've lived, my my husband and I have lived in the same house for the last 25 years. We moved in right after we got married. And when we bought it, it was, you know, outdated because we didn't have a ton of money. And so slowly but surely, we spent whatever time and money we could spare in doing remodeling projects. And she just could not believe the transformation. And the reason that I wanted to show her is because they're about to start their lives together. And I just wanted her to know that it's okay to start from the bottom. And it's okay to put in the work and just do things little by little and not expect a lot and be okay with that. But the point is that as I got to the end of the picture book and then I decided to take a walk And I walked through our yard and I just thought, man, God, you have given us so much. Like this house is more than I could have asked or imagined. This is a beautiful yard. You've just blessed us beyond what I ever imagined 25 years ago that I, that I would have. And even my, my husband, and I know not everybody is in this situation and Uh, To that, I will say this. I I was doing a podcast with another um, podcaster. We were doing an interview um, earlier this year. And off air, we were talking. And she was struggling in her marriage. She was quite a bit younger than I am. And I said, I am so glad we stuck with it through all the hard times. And I, I mean to tell you, there are still hard times. We have young adult children. We're still trying to navigate our way through all the craziness that comes with everything's new all the time, right? We've never been here before. So we're trying, we're doing the best we can, but sometimes we don't always see eye to eye. But what I, the point is, is that I'm so glad that we stuck with it. And I'm so glad that I prayed the prayers. I'm so glad that I prayed for us to be on the same page and for us to be in love with each other and that I still do. Honestly, I still do. And that when we were betting heads, I was praying that God would help us to come to the resolution that we needed to come to for our family. Because I know that I'm not always right. And I know that sometimes I'm wrong and God needs to change my heart. But the point being that, you know, at this point in my marriage, which I'm only 25 years in, I'm, I've got so much more to learn. I've got so much more to experience. God willing, I hope God gives me that joy. But, um, you know, I could have never known what God was giving me 
in my spouse. I just had no idea. And God has been so good to give me immeasurably more with our children, with uh, with my spouse. Um, just don't take God for granted. That's number one. How to not get into this quest for more. Number one, don't take God for granted. And if you would, just take a little bit of time to look around today and thank God for the amazing ways that he has worked in your life. Because as I've done that, I just, man, I'm in awe. Number two, (sighs) want and desire the better things. So Pastor Mike's sermon series in August was Give Me More. And um, he talked about kindness, joy, peace, patience. And these are the things that God loves to give us. He loves to give us the things that he desires us to have. And those are the spiritual blessings. Did any of you watch the Johnny Depp trial? I was working pretty much every day, most days. So, I mean, I couldn't just sit and watch it from you know, beginning to end and hours on end. But I did catch a lot of the clips that made it to social media. And I have to say it was very entertaining, but it was also devastating. I mean, here Johnny Depp has, you know, islands and a villa in Europe and fame and fortune. And man, there was drugs and there was drinking and there was violence. And sometimes we forget that, you know, the greater gifts, things like kindness and joy and peace and patience and faithfulness. I mean, these, these are amazing blessings to have and, and they cannot be undervalued. So if you have a kind spouse or if you have a joyful um, daughter or a joyful friend who encourages you, if you have a loving church family. Those are huge blessings. Those are not things to just poo-poo and think, man, I should have more. Look at what you have. A couple weeks ago, I started feeling really lonely because I had been working a lot and then I had been doing some traveling and I just, I had just, I was feeling this heartache for friends. And so I just started inviting people over. I asked one friend to coffee. I took another friend for a walk. I asked some other people over for pie on our deck And within, you know, four or five days, I was reminded, I have got these amazing friends. And then God did even more because that's how he is. He does immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And I've been able to go to two events in the last month where I saw friends from all over the country. And I was able to spend this time just being filled up again. And so, you know, pray for the the better things. You know, instead of praying for the more money, more position or power, more influence, more whatever, pray for more of the fruit of the spirit or pray for opportunities. How about opportunities to share the gospel? That's a far greater gift than anything else. There's nothing more valuable than living with God in eternity forever. So, Number two is keep the spiritual gifts in the forefront of your mind when you're praying and asking for more. And number three, contentment. This is a big one. And I've mentioned before that this is a big part of our family prayers. We prayed for years, every single night. God, give us contentment. Help us to see the ways that you have blessed us. 
Help us to be thankful and happy and joyful with what you've given us. Make us content. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Did you get that? I was emphasizing it. Learned. Contentment can be learned. We can get there. And my, my study Bible uh, says the secret to being content is uni, union with the living, exalting, exalted Christ. That was Paul's ability, uh, abiding strength. That's where he found his abiding strength. If you look at Jesus' life, he didn't live an extra, extravagant lifestyle. He wasn't in palaces. People weren't bowing down to him. He was walking among the people. In fact, some of the people he walked around were, you know, sinners or or the outcasts of society, the tax collectors, the lepers. You know, he he wasn't in the circles of the rich, the famous, the elite. He wasn't doing that. He was just, you know, hanging out, living his normal life. He lived in total humility and humanity. And if he had treated himself to the perfection, then Satan would have said, well, of course you kept all the commandments because you never experienced hunger and you never experienced sadness and you had everything you wanted. So, you know, it's good to emulate Jesus. Because what he really wanted, all he really wanted was to do the Father's will. And he went and he did things. He had all kinds of experiences. I think his life is probably pretty fantastic. He hung out with the disciples. He was with all different kinds of people at all stations in life. But he didn't let the quest for more on earth block him or keep him from doing the important work that the Father had for him to do. And let me tell you something else that we can learn from Jesus. Hanging out with the least of these is a pretty good gig. When I go to the nursing home where I work, those people have so little. Just today I was giving a woman a bath and she said, you know, we all end up here, doesn't, don't we? She said, it doesn't matter if you were rich or poor, if you were the head of your class or you didn't even get through school. We all end up here. They have a few possessions. They have a few outfits. All that they have goes in one tiny room. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of your life about having all that stuff. So the bottom line is, make sure that you're not being tempted to want more of the stuff that doesn't matter. Because you can fill your house up, but someday somebody's going to have to get rid of it all. And you can spend all your money on the clothes, but you know what? It's still the same body. Make sure your heart is in line with God and his word. And don't worry only about yourself. The true and the richest life to me, the most genuine sincere, richest life, I'm convinced, 
is a life that is filled with friends and filled with good, decent conversation. There's a lot going on in the world and there's a whole lot that we can't change. But we can take care of the people around us. We can show people the love of Jesus in the way that we treat them, in the way that we act. And we can make sure that the world knows that there's a something better. There's a lot more. And it's not found in this world. Martin Luther said, next to faith, this is the highest art to be content with the calling in which God has placed you. And to that, Martin, I say amen. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thanks for listening again this week. And don't forget, we're here for you. Check out the many resources we have to help you on your faith journey. Just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up for our daily email that will keep you in the loop with all that we have available.